Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Chronic Fatigue and Burnout Recovery Podcast. Today in this podcast, hoping it's just going to be a short one, what I wanted to talk about was how we track our progress in our fatigue recovery. And before I go into the dialogue for this episode, I'd love to just invite you, if you haven't already, to make sure you are following this podcast on whatever platform that you use. I think most people use Spotify or iTunes. And if you haven't already, to leave a review, whether that's just five stars or I think on iTunes, you can leave a bit of a paragraph or a comment. It really helps other people find the podcast. It improves the podcast ratings and it means that more people get the the help and support that they need. And I get messages every single week from people who tell me how much this podcast is helping them. So if you find what I share valuable and useful, please, um, I'd love to just invite you to do that little bit um, to help someone else receive the same help and support that you are receiving from being here. So on that note, let's talk a little bit about how we track progress in fatigue recovery. And for the most part, I think it won't surprise you that when we start to feel better or when we work on chronic fatigue or other chronic illness experiences, that it's never an overnight success. It's usually many, many different things, many ups and downs, baby steps, which are made over several weeks, months, and sometimes even years that produce the end results, which is an experience of greater well-being, more energy, and improved quality of life. However, since I've been working with chronic patients in this way, one of the conversations that always seems to come up in my one-on-one consultations with my clients is, I think people are waiting for the day when they just feel better and ready to do more. And to a certain extent, it doesn't happen like that. The changes that we experience are often slow and incremental, and it takes a lot of interception. It takes the establishment, if that's a word, of our relationship with ourself, or it takes a well-established relationship with ourself to really know when we can begin to expand our capacity and get more from life, because essentially that's what we want our health for. We want our health so that we can do the things that we love to do or do the things sometimes that we need to do to feel like we're a functioning member of society or so that we can provide for our families or even just provide for ourselves on a very basic level. So we want our health so that we can expand our capacity, whether that is the capacity to do more of what we love, to enjoy life more, the capacity to fulfill our purpose and our potential, the capacity to be able to provide for ourselves and to be able to provide for the people around us and the people that matter. And so it's not like you just wake up one day and you're like, I feel better now and now I can go back to work. Or I feel better now and now I can go and do the workout that I've wanted to do. Or I feel better now and now I can say yes to the social engagement. It happens very slowly over time. And I think that's what sometimes people aren't necessarily always prepared for. They're not prepared for the fact that the progress will be slow. And sometimes we don't always see the progress after a week of doing something, sometimes not even after a month of doing something. Often we need to look back over several months to really be able to see the progress that we're making. 
And sometimes you just have to show up and almost with a little bit of blind faith in some sort of circumstances, just continue to do the things you know you need to do to take care of yourself, even when you don't necessarily see that there's a payback or an immediate payback straight away. And I kind of think of this as my own journey with somatic experiencing was I understood that it was important for my nervous system to do that work, but I just showed up and I did the work week after week, day after day, month after month, in this case now coming up to year after year. And I just trusted that continuing to show up for myself and do this work would get me somewhere. But it wasn't like I was tracking, oh, I've done this many sessions. How much progress have I made now? I've been doing X, Y, and Z. How much progress have I made now? And so we do want to see progress because progress gives us the momentum and the inspiration to keep on going. But we also don't want to get so bogged down in the tracking of progress and the tracking of symptoms that it becomes this unhelpful cycle where we're we're constantly dissatisfied with the lack of progress or not being where we want to be or not being where we think that we should be fast enough. So what I'd like to present to you today is just a a kind of bigger framework in terms of how we think about progress and how to track progress when it comes to fatigue recovery. And there's four main things that I think will be helpful to talk about. Now, name them all up front. So there's frequency, and that could be frequency of symptoms or things like crashes or flares, intensity, so intensity of symptoms, crashes or flares, a duration, duration of symptoms, crashes and flares, and then finally our capacity. And that's going to be the one I'll leave for last because I think that in some cases is the most important one. So when we talk about intensity, these ones are pretty self-explanatory, but it's the intensity of our symptoms. If you used to experience migraines, which were a 10 out of 10, are your migraines now a 6 out of 10? Or when you used to have 10 migraines a month, are you only having six migraines a month? Or for example, if you've had a crash or a flare, did that put you in bed for the whole day? And now maybe it's only putting you in bed for half a day and then you can get up and you can maybe do a few sort of activities around your home. So that's what we're kind of looking for when talking about the intensity of symptoms. So in my own journey, my symptoms would have like there were there's several cycles which are happening. There's the daily cycle of things happening. There's like a weekly cycle of things happening. And then there's a monthly cycle of things happening. If you're a woman, perhaps according to your menstrual cycle. So day to day, you're maybe going to be experiencing peaks and troughs and energy. And that's kind of normal for most human beings, but the intensity of those is going to be much greater. So your lowest point, you feel much lower than the average human being who's maybe tired from engaging with their day. And then on a weekly basis, we have different routines. So there may be periods of the week where you feel more fatigued and periods of the week where you feel less fatigued. So for example, if you're working, maybe you feel more fatigued at the end of the week and then you have the weekend to recover and you feel less fatigued. So that you, if you're comparing week on week, you may be thinking, okay, at the end of the week, the intensity of my fatigue is not as bad as what it used to be. So there's a change in the intensity. Or if you're like me, 
I usually love the weekends and then I would want to do more sort of physical activity on the weekends and that could actually tire me out more. And then it's been the rest of the week rebalancing. So is that Monday morning fatigue more or less than what it used to be? And then from a cyclical perspective, so one of my experiences was migraines at its worst and headaches and fatigue around my menstrual cycle. And so the worst point of my recovery, that was a migraine that would have me in bed for a day. Whereas as my health journey improved, I would still have that cyclical pattern of symptoms. But was once a bedbound migraine became a headache and some low energy. When we're talking about intensity, we're looking at how the intensity of symptoms vary within the patterns that we already have, whether that's daily, weekly, or monthly. We're comparing like with like. So you may have a migraine around your menstrual cycle and you think, oh, this is so much more intense than the past few weeks. But if you compare that migraine in your menstrual cycle to the migraine you had three menstrual cycles back or four menstrual cycles back, maybe it's not as intense. So that's what we're looking at when we're talking about the intensity. And then, I don't know why I'm using migraines, but that's just a really nice one that I can, from personal experience, I can relate to, but it could be any symptom. Then the next thing we're looking at is the frequency. So how frequently are these symptoms occurring? For example, with chronic fatigue, some people will experience crashes. So they may be go, 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 and then they experience a crash. And then they go, 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 and then they experience a crash. Now that's a little bit in terms of what I was referring to in terms of maybe there's a, a daily cycle that's happening. Maybe for you, there's a weekly cycle that's happening, or maybe it's a monthly cycle that's happening. And so when we're looking at the frequency, I think it's a little bit tricky when you're working with women's cycles because things are always going to change a little bit at different times in the cycle. So there it's easier to track the intensity and duration. But if we take the menstrual cycle outside of it, are these big crashes happening once a week or are they happening every other week? And is, is the time between the same level of intensity changing? So for example, if you had like a big crash, which would have you in bed for a day, and that used to happen on a weekly basis, but maybe now that's only happening once a month, that's a change in your symptoms, that's a change in progress. And then maybe you are still having a crash once a month, but that crash doesn't leave you needing to go to bed for a day. You only get those needing to go to bed for a day crashes now once every three months. That's a change in frequency. So we're tracking for changes in intensity and changes in the frequency of the same intensity of experience. And then finally is duration. So maybe you're still getting these symptoms. Maybe you're still getting symptoms which are the same frequency and the same intensity, but the duration is less. So let's say on a monthly basis, you would have a crash that would put you in bed. But previously, you would be in bed for three days. Now you're only in bed for a day or half a day. So that's a change in the duration of symptoms. Or that migraine that you get around your cycle used to last for a day. And then you would have like a second day with a headache and then a third day with a headache. But now there's, you maybe have a couple of hours of the intense migraine and then it dissipates 
And then by the next day, you've actually recovered from the migraine. So that would be a change in duration. So what we're tracking for over time is any or all of these variables can change. And if there's less intensity, if there's less frequency and there's less duration, you're moving in the direction of change. And it may be a little bit up and down. It may be a little bit forward and back. But if you can look back to six months ago, maybe not necessarily last week or last month, but if you can look back to six months from now and be like, yes, something is shifting, something is changing, then you know you're heading in the right direction. And then I guess there's always this question like, well, is it changing fast enough? Is there anything else I could do to get more progress? And, and that's kind of a conversation for another day. And I think this is very nuanced and case specific. I do feel like you get to a point in your journey where it's not about doing more. It's just about continuing to do the supportive things that you are doing and allow more space and time and integration for the healing to happen. So there's an allowing that takes place and it's a case of just giving yourself more time and more space. And then I also think that there are times in the fatigue recovery journey where it's like, okay, I've created all these positive changes which are supportive. What's the next step? And that's where it can be really helpful to work with a practitioner who's used to working with these complex cases who can help you discern, is this a hold everything stable, give it more time and space situation? Or is it, okay, now let's explore X, Y, or Z, depending on your history and your presentation and your symptoms. So in terms of today's episode, we're really just focusing on how to track progress and not going too much into the nuance of when to do more, when to do less. But it is something just to consider in your own journey is if you look back six months from now, what has changed in frequency, what has changed in intensity, what has changed in duration. And when you go inwards and you connect to your body, does this feel like a time to like hold the fort and just keep on doing what you're doing? Because there may be other things in your life which also take up your time and energy and you maybe don't have more time and energy to put into your healing right now? Or is this a time where you're like ready for the next step, ready for the next investigation, ready to explore different types of healing modalities to help you move forward, whatever that may look like for you. So the final thing that I wanted to talk about is capacity, because capacity is something that we can also track for progress. And it's probably the one that we don't talk about as much. So capacity is really what we want. Capacity is what you want your health for. So you can do more of the things you love. So you can enjoy life more. So you can provide more for yourself. So you can provide more in your relationships. And you can just ultimately get more from life. And that's, that's ultimately what we want our health for. So we can fulfill our purpose. So we can fulfill our potential and nourish those other parts of ourselves. And so my experience in my fatigue recovery journey was not all the time, but went through stages where you have more energy, so you spend it. And we've got to be careful here when we have more energy to overspend and cause a crash. But it's very natural that as you instinctively and intuitively feel that you have more capacity in your life, you're going to use that capacity in different ways. 
whether that is socializing more or more physical activity or taking on responsibility at work or taking on more responsibility at home, engaging more with your family and your relationships. So as an example, uh, I work with a lot of mums who obviously are maybe struggling to do things that they would like to do in the family home in terms of you know being there for their kids, whether that's waking up and having breakfast with their kids or preparing the packed lunches or taking their kids to school and those types of things. And so eventually there may come a time where you have more energy and you're like, I feel like I can do this. Or shall we say we have more capacity? I have the capacity to get up and make the packed lunches. I have the capacity to walk the 10 minutes down the road to get the kids to school. Or I have the capacity to take on that little bit more extra responsibility at work. And so we take on this extra load, whatever it might be, and we don't feel better, but we also don't feel worse. So is that progress? If we're using our symptoms to track progress, we may say, no, it's not progress because I still feel the headaches. I still feel the body aches. I still feel completely wiped at the end of the day and I've just got no energy to function after 5 p.m., whatever you may be saying to yourself. But you are living your life more because you are doing more of the things that you want to be doing. And that in itself is something that we can track. If before you were going, you just started an exercise regime and you're doing 20 minutes walking a day, and now you can walk for an hour a day, but your symptoms are the same. That's more capacity. That's more life. That's more ability to use your life force. And when we've got these syndromal patterns, shall we call them in the nervous system, symptoms are very fickle things. Symptoms can wax and wane. They can come and go. But it's often how we relate to our symptoms that matters. And even if we do have these little niggles and things cropping up and popping up and some days which are a little bit better and some days which are a little bit worse, how do we live alongside all of that landscape as it's reorganizing in our bodies? If we're purely responding to our symptoms and saying, I have a headache today, so I can't do this, or I have a pain today oh, a joint flare or whatever may be going on for you, so I can't do this. We never get the opportunity to expand life. So there's this delicate dance that needs to happen where we can do more. We can do as much as we would like to do, provided it doesn't make us feel worse in the long term. And provided, at the very least, we're maintaining the frequency, intensity, and duration of our symptom flares, but hopefully over time, those are also changing in the landscape as we are expanding our ability to live life. And so that's what I would really love you to take away from this episode. Instead of just tracking symptoms and the intensity, frequency, and duration of symptoms, also to track your capacity to do life, your capacity to do that little bit more to whatever is important for you or whatever you need to do in order to sustain yourself long term. Remember that we all want our health for something and we want our health specifically for will vary from person to person. But if you are able to use your health more and more, that is a marker of progress. And it's not just about the symptoms that you may or may not be experiencing day to day. 
it's the ability to tap into that greater sense of self and that greater sense of aliveness. So I will leave you with that to think about. As I said, just a little short episode today. I hope you have enjoyed listening to this. It's given you perhaps a little bit of food for thought and I'll see you in the next episode.